very, with me, very gentle. <laughs> I felt very safe. Whereas you got a one-time <laughs> explosion. Okay, so you did not have the same experience I all. had. No. I, I was I was sleepy yeah. after yeah. and took a nap. I was exhausted. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't know. I did not hear. Wow. Nor did I. Nor did I. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one, a show where I generally ask my friends what their number one healer is, and then I go try it until all hell broke loose and I heard my angels. So welcome to part two of City of Angels. Just a quick recap. I went to Therese Sanderson, angel healer. Hi, Jalen, knocked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. It's good. I heard voices. Um, okay, take right here. Yeah, there. No, you missed it. Turn around. There you go. And I had an awful nightmare. <coughs> and I woke up in the morning and I thought, I wonder if I will hear any voices. Maybe it's over. <laughs> And then I remembered, I have a meeting with healer Joy Carroll today. If she can talk to my cat long distance, she's going to be just fine with this. And on my way over, the voice returned. Text your friend Bridget and see if she wants to have breakfast. She should hear about Therese. She's going to need to talk to her. Why are you talking to me? Because you've got a podcast. Yeah, but everybody has a podcast. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't have a podcast at this point. Yes, but you're speaking to the people who will want to know that there's more to life than what they see. Okay, that's great, but I'm going to lose work over this. I mean, people will listen and they're going to think I'm crazy. No, the people who wouldn't hire you because they think you're crazy would never listen to this podcast. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. Well, in essence, you are. Everyone has a voice, and the more they talk to it, the more they will get from it. Let me give you some advice. If you have a spiritual experience while going to an angel healer, the best person to talk this over with is an energy worker and animal communicator like Joy Carroll. So the reason I call myself a communicator is um, I really facilitate a conversation between the human and the animal. There's no judgment, I promise you. Are you also psychic? No, I don't like the word psychic. And the reason I don't like it is to me, a psychic can, first of all, predict the future, which I do not do. Mm -hmm. And um, also can really get clear information. And I don't get clear information. It might sound like it by the time it comes out of my mouth. She was not only excited about what Therese Sanderson had done for me, but she reminded me that she had referred me to another angel healer that I never went to on our very first meeting. And that's really all that we're trying to do is be ourselves. And so I can help and other people can help just ah, finding who we are and really being that. So Joy took a look under the hood and she liked what she saw and said, okay, I'm gonna just add some finishing touches here and you'll be good to go. We start off, we have allopathic physicians and they say, I will heal you. Yeah. (laughs) And then we have naturopathic type physicians. This is 
like holistic healers or you know these people and they say i will heal you but i'll use herbs Ah, (laughs) okay and then you move to what she calls the wise woman way of healing which is come dance with me or play with me in the garden of life and that is the form of healing yeah and um and that's what we're doing so i'm not going to heal you I'm not going to teach you how to heal yourself, but we're going to go on this journey mm-hmm. and we're going to see what happens. And yes, I have a lot of wisdom to bring in and share with you. You probably have a lot of wisdom to share with yourself as well, which maybe you haven't noticed yet. Oh yeah, I noticed it. And after Joy's healing, she said, you're going to be very sore. It's as if you've been walking with a cane for years and now we're just taking the cane away and you're going to learn how to walk again. And by the time I walked out of there, I suddenly had this horrible pain in my neck and in my back and my butt, and I could barely walk. But I had already made plans to go talk to my writer friend, Anne, about something she was working on. You had experienced something really profound and life-changing, but that you also needed to just sit and be quiet and rest. I had never been to Anne's house, and when I walked in, well... Suddenly, like, I had zero idea about what angels were, and then I come over to your house, and it was like angels, angels everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? That's how I roll. That's right. There were pictures of angels. There was an altar with angels. It was like angel heaven. I think angels have assignments and I think part of their assignments are to help their helpers. Did I mention that Anne also dabbles in the healing arts? She's a writer by trade but um, she's a bit of an astrologer, she's Reiki level two. So I didn't feel so bad when I said, Anne, I'm so tired. I know we've just met. Do you mind if I sleep on your couch? You you sat on the sofa and I sat in a chair and then I was sort of instructed, no, alone, without anybody else in the room, and I left. So it, when you say instructed, Anne, you already had, your your voice is already in. I don't have, a, I don't have it, like, I, not to the extent that I think you have the voice. It's just every once in a while I get sort of a move out, just, we'll, we'll just let her be. And so I did. And then I passed out and I woke up and realized that I had fallen asleep right under a portrait of the angel Michael and the angel Gabriel. Like, what do you think that voice is? I think that voice is divine inspiration from your higher self, from your guides. And your guides, in my opinion, are combo platter of angels and guides and loved ones who passed on. I suddenly started to feel like I was Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. From a, from my intuitive healing class, I know that there is a, a Native American guide that I work with, especially in healing. In On This Plane? No. Okay. Not on this plane. But for the first few days, I was just getting simple instructions on stuff I should do and people I should call. And then it started to shift. Brendan is not well. You need to call Deb and tell her that Brendan is sick and he needs to get in water. So I called my friend Deb, who knew what was going on, 
and I said, hey, um, I'm getting a message that maybe Brendan's not doing so well. Is he okay? And she said, oh yeah, he's fine. I just talked to him. He's at work. And I thought, hmm, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this voice thing is me talking to myself. But then later that day, before I went into Therese, he texted me and said, I'm not feeling well. I'm going home early. And he never does that. Like he's and then about a day and a half later, I called to say hello, and she said, oh, um, I can't talk right now. We're on the way to urgent care. And so he had, had a fever and the stomach pain. And this started off a series of medical weirdness. I went into a meeting, and I looked across at somebody and suddenly felt a complete sadness that I could not even get my head around and I suddenly realized oh my god this person is in deep mourning and I'm picking up their mourning I was in another meeting and while the woman was talking I was in extreme pain all over my body and I couldn't figure out what in the hell was going on but I knew that it wasn't my pain it was her pain and I didn't know what was wrong with her because she looked completely healthy there was nothing wrong with her and at the end of the meeting she said oh wow, this has been a really tough time. I just moved out of my house because I have a black mold problem and I don't know what's wrong with me, but there's something going on in my body. And suddenly everywhere I went, if somebody was ill, I felt exactly what their pain was. And then my friend Seiko came to town and Seiko is a high level engineer in the military. So I imagine this was gonna be a bit of a stretch. You were talking about how you were testing out these healers and how you had found one, um, which kind of changed your world. But I told her everything that went down and she took it in stride. You were just more connected with, with things around you. And so I asked, I said, well, you know, give me a data point uh, and just don't give me the, uh, the, you know, the feeling around it. Just give me the raw information. <laughs> Give me the raw data. And after having the data point discussion, we went in to get foot massages. And as we were lying there, side by side, my voice yelled, Okay, you forgot to put money in the meter, and you're getting a parking ticket right now. Got up suddenly, almost like you had some feeling had, had come over you. And my voice also said, If you stop to put your shoes on, it's too late. And I waited because everyone was looking at me. You were very much, I'm going to remove myself from this massage right now, and I am going to physically put money in this mirror. And I apologized, put my shoes on, ran outside, and there was a woman writing the ticket. You're talking, I, I can hear you talking to somebody who's actually writing you a ticket <laughs> on your card that very exact moment. And in my head, I, you know, I was thinking, that's a data point. And I came back in and Seiko laughed and said, That was a very expensive data point, but one nonetheless. That was an expensive data point. The, the chances of you getting up at that exact moment is fairly, that's, you know, yeah, that, that would not be common. Right after Seiko left, my voice told me that I should text my neighbor Brad. Something was up. And then I got a text from Brad. And he said, oh my God, I can't believe you're texting me. I'm in the hospital right now. And they don't know what's wrong with me. And I don't know what to do. 
I even tried it out with my friends Carrie and Natalie, who sent me to Therese Sanderson in the first place. I have a question. Okay. Is my knee going to heal in the next couple of months? Do I need to do a minor surgery on my knee? Yes. Oh. But after the voice said yes, I suddenly started to feel a pain, not in the left knee that she was rubbing and pointing to, but in her right knee. Is there anything going on with your right knee? <laughs> yes, I'm starting to worry. Because that, actually that's what I'm feeling. Oh. It's not your left knee. <laughs> my right knee. Which is strange. No, my right knee, something's been happening and it's pretty, <laughs> It's pre-left knee, and I'm like, you got to take care of this one, so the left doesn't yeah, have to the right. Yeah, I actually, like, You're I just... And on my drive home, I called Chris Henriksen, my shaman friend, and I said, I need to see you tonight. Do you remember how you once said to me, you're going to go to a healer, and you're not going to want to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just as we sat down to talk about this, we heard this. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then I told Chris everything that had happened and he listened as if he had heard this kind of a story before. And when I finished, here's what he said. Everything you're describing feels like um, a person that's in the midst of an initiatory journey. What exactly was I being initiated into? Sort of, and you may have, one way of thinking about it is when you started doing this show, honestly, yeah. and began seeing healers and went to Joy for the first time, mm -hmm. there was a kind of leaving of your old village, you know, the old village and the, your role in the old village and kind of stepping out into the wilderness. And, and all of the people that you've sat with and experiences that you've had along the way have been kind of moving you through that wilderness. They're mm -hmm. kind of like guides that you encounter out there in the jungle. A week prior, Chris had read me his book called Burners, about his journey from gang intervention into shamanic study and practice. And as he spoke, I wondered, is he saying I'm being initiated into being a shaman? Alexa, what is a shaman? Shaman is usually defined as in societies practicing shamanism, one acting as a medium between the visible and spirit worlds, practices sorcery for healing or divination. It's more than psychic, because psychic is kind of considered where you can kind of see, see the future. Well, not just that, you can, psych, there's psychic realms, but then there's the spiritual realms that are like, more of like the heaven worlds and these higher spiritual levels. So it's more like saying intuitive or, uh, you know, well, yeah. I, you know, I don't know, you could say psychic, but it's, it's like being a channel. You know, um, there's this really beautiful initiation story that we tell a lot um, in the street poets community that, that it involves like this, this boy going out into the wilderness and then toward the end of his time being lost in the wilderness, he comes and he, he gets to this river and he encounters, um, a mirror image of himself, basically. The benefits are you get all this amazing guidance. So anytime that you feel like you want to guidance on, is this the right situation for me? 
you know, should I go here? Should I do this? Should I work with this person? Should I create this now? Should I wait? You know, you have all of that. That's true. And also, they help you work on yourself. He's a half boy, actually. He's mm -hmm. he's only, and he sees another half boy. It's the first time in his life he's ever seen another half boy, and it's across this river, and they start fighting each other. And you get visitations, and you get all this. It's like adding all this technicolor to your life. And the river floods and rain comes and he gets swept into this torrent and... Yes, there's the dark world and there's the light world of God. You have to know that it doesn't have power over you unless you open the door somehow. Three times he goes down into the, into the river and almost drowns and then pops up and then finally he gets spit up on the shore and he's whole. We're never given anything that we can't, you know, fully handle. Yeah. <laughs> you're ready for that. Yeah. You're capable. Yeah. So. And it's the first time in his life he's ever been whole with two legs and two arms and uh -huh. can see. And he, he stands up and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, he's, he's, he's in this ecstatic state. Yeah. And then he, he like starts marching off toward, toward, back toward his village. Like I'm, 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 I'm fine. Because he, you know, and, and he trips. I mean, because he's never had two legs and two arms, and he's never been whole before, and and then he has to kind of reset himself and then continue on that journey to, to home, and a little bit more slowly and gently, and mm -hmm. and what it feels like to me is that you're you've just been spit up on the shore of the river, mm -hmm. and you're in the part of the journey <clears throat> when you're you're beginning to you're kind of beginning to figure out, okay, wow, what does it feel like to be whole? What does it feel like to have my gifts available to me? Yeah. The time of the guru is over, and more people feel the angels or guides or higher power in their lives, the more they'll understand their personal destiny. It's time to stop making other people your higher power. Your number one is you. Now, Cut to something funny here so people don't think you're trying to be Oprah. You yourself have opened yourself up to channel abilities and deep, especially empathically. But what I have said to you is as though I am watching a toddler get inside a semi truck. <laughs> and I have cautioned you that you also while you're doing this you need a little bit of tools of the road because you've got to learn how to ground release align constantly so this seems like a perfect way to end season one the second season of my number one will document my travels into the spiritual world meeting healers learning from them and hopefully give you some insight on how to amplify your innate abilities Special thanks to Joy Carol. When I was a child, I mean, this was fun. You know, you yeah. could play with stretching your aura, but except I didn't know it was an aura. Ann Slichter. A lot of the time I go, send me a sign, and quite often they do, and it comes in the form of a penny. Deb O'Neill. He's doing better. He went to work today, and okay. he's, yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's on the up. Natalie Aaron and Carrie Franklin for introducing me to Therese. Okay, that makes I more sense. I didn't hear a Donnie Darko voice. That would have scared the sense. shit out of me if I heard that the voice. Chris Henriksen. So, but yeah, be take your time getting back. 
you know, it's, you still have some walking to do. And you and I are actually in somewhat similar places right now. Like I'm actually on the path back to the village myself right mm -hmm. now um, with a book. And of course, Therese Sanderson, who has opened me up to a whole new world. Thank you for letting me meet my angels. No, and, but that's really what we're here for, too. Yeah, we're all lifting we're here each other up. We're here to be of service. Yeah. But to grow and evolve in ourselves, but then to be of service. And if you're looking to meet with Therese, you can find her at theresesanderson.com or theangelicoasis.com or in my show notes. If you're feeling like you're alone and stuck and you question your life's purpose, there is no better person to introduce you to your angels and get you back on track. I can't promise you that you won't hear voices, but it's highly unlikely. And lastly, I want to thank my voice. Well, thanks for listening, Nancy. It's really hard sometimes to get through to you. <laughs> this has been a real challenge. But we did it. Yep, we did it. So until next time, my name is Nancy Hauer, and I am my number one. <laughs>